Welcome to Creativity Boost with your host, Iridafe Owalabi, your guide on this transformative journey. We're here to help people with dreams and ideas of becoming something more, but don't know how, why, where, or when to push out their brainchild in the form of a song, book, an app, a business, a brand, a movement, or something valuable. So if you don't want to go to the grave with that idea still in your head, then this is the podcast you've been waiting for. And this is why many creatives get discouraged. Now imagine yourself working a job, a very good job, and you're getting paid top dollar. And one day your boss comes in and tells you that there's a problem in the company that needs to be solved, but he doesn't tell you what the problem is. I'm going to share with you two mistakes that most creatives make when trying to solve a problem that other people created. If you're an employee in an organization, before you solve any problem, even if you know what the problem is, you want to ask yourself, why does this problem need to be solved? Understanding why a problem needs to be solved triggers your creativity like nothing else. Hello, today I'm going to be speaking to you about how to solve a problem you did not create. Did you know that about 70% of the problems you're going to face in your workplace, at your job, in your business, at home, are going to be problems that you did not create? In my journey as a professional and as an entrepreneur, I've come to discover that some of the toughest problems to solve are problems that you did not create problems that were caused by other people. Another reason why I'm going to be sharing with you some really powerful tools and tips in this episode is so that you do not fall for the trap that the poor wise man fell for in the book of Ecclesiastes 9. The Bible records that there was a poor wise man who delivered a city from a very great king. He helped them solve a very big problem, but after he solved that problem for them, the Bible says that the wise man was not remembered. He was forgotten. Other times where you solve the problem at your office, expect to get a raise and you never got any raise other times where you solve the problem for a client and you do not get rewarded for it or you do not get paid what you were worth for it i'm going to share with you two mistakes that most creatives make when trying to solve a problem that other people created and after you listen to this episode you are going to learn how to actually go about solving problems that other people created now the first step i would take if i were to solve a problem that was not created by me or to solve a problem that other people created would be to find out why that problem was created in the first place. And this is a mistake that most creatives make. They just jump into trying to solve a problem without actually figuring out why the problem actually needs to be solved. At this stage, you may not even know why the problem exists. You may not even know what the problem is, but just knowing why you need to solve the problem can work wonders for you in your career and in your entrepreneurial journey. Many creatives do not understand this and that's why they struggle to generate creative ideas, creative solutions at work and even in their business space or even in their creative expedition. Nothing triggers your creativity like understanding why you need to solve a problem. Now, Daniel understood this principle completely and you can see how he used this principle to trigger his creativity when there was a big problem in the kingdom of Babylon. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar 
The king of Babylon, at the time this story took place, he woke up from his sleep with a very troubling dream. He had a terrifying nightmare and this nightmare kept troubling him. And you know what the interesting part about this story is? He could not remember the dream. It's just like being faced with a problem at work or your boss at work tells you that there's a problem that needs to be solved but he doesn't know the problem and he wants you to figure out the problem and the solution. That was what Nebuchadnezzar was asking from all the wise folks, all the wise men in his days. He told them, hey, I have this dream that's troubling me. But the thing is, I cannot remember the dream. Your job right now is to figure out what the dream is and what the interpretation to that dream is. If you don't figure this out, you're going to lose your job. Now, the worst part of this request made by King Nebuchadnezzar was that he didn't stop at telling them they were going to lose their jobs. He told them they were going to lose their lives. Whoa, that is terrifying. Now, imagine yourself working a job, a very good job, and you're getting paid top dollar. And one day your boss comes in and tells you that there's a problem in the company that needs to be solved, but he doesn't tell you what the problem is. He only tells you that if you don't solve the problem, you're going to lose your job and you're going to be arrested. Now, that is not even close to what Nebuchadnezzar did. He told them if they do not solve that problem, if they do not tell him the dream and the interpretation, in other words, tell him what the problem is and tell him what the solution is, they were going to lose their heads. They were going to get killed. They were going to get fired. When the wise men of Daniel's days heard this, they told the king that no man can do this kind of thing. No man can solve a problem without being told what the problem is. And the king said to them, well, that's your problem. Either you find the problem and the solution, or you lose your head. And when this news got to Daniel, guess what Daniel said? The first thing Daniel asked was to know why this problem needed to be solved. Daniel did not fuss or obsess about what the problem actually was. He wanted to know why this problem needed to be solved. And why was it so urgent? Why was the king so bent on getting a solution to this problem? Why was this problem something that the king cared so much about that he had such a very stringent punishment for all the wise men in the land, for all the employees in his company? He said, why is the decree so hasty from the king? In other words, why does this problem need to be solved? If you're an employee in an organization, before you solve any problem, even if you know what the problem is, you want to ask yourself, why does this problem need to be solved? Why does it need to be solved now? Why does this problem need to be solved? Understanding why a problem needs to be solved triggers your creativity like nothing else. Understanding why a problem needs to be solved stimulates your problem-solving juices. It ignites your creativity and innovation and problem-solving ability like nothing else. And after Daniel had been given a clear explanation of what was going on, he then told the king to give him some time. And then he went to his friends and he collaborated with his friend and told them, let's go back and brainstorm and troubleshoot our minds and figure out what the problem was and figure out the solution. And of course, they knew they needed to go back to God. God is the source of all knowledge. God is the one who gives us solutions to problems. He's the ultimate source of solutions to problems. And when they did this, God gave them the dream that was puzzling the king or the problem that was causing the king to have unrest. And God gave them the interpretation or the solution. But what triggered that move was understanding why that problem needed to be solved. What triggered the creative juices of Daniel to receive the solution in a vision from God after praying was because he understood the importance of finding that solution. He knew that his life was on the line. He knew that his job was on the line. He knew that it was very important to the king that he found the problem and the solution that was bothering him. That he not only found an answer to the problem that was bothering him, but also found 
what the problem actually was. And this helped Daniel stand out amongst his colleagues. Now, if you want to stand out among your colleagues in your business, in your job, in your career, in your journey, in whatever it is that you do, you want to always understand the why behind every problem you solve. And you want to understand it from a standpoint of providing solution and not from the standpoint of panicking or being fearful. Now, another reason why you need to understand why a problem needs to be solved before you even attempt solving it is that it helps you to choose the right approach. You see, there are many people who try to solve problems with the wrong solution. And because they don't understand the why behind the problem they are trying to solve, they use the wrong approach. They use quick fixes. They try to use shortcuts. And at the end of the day, they produce short-lived solutions that end up creating bigger problems in the long run. And so if you do not want to be like the builder who uses inferior materials to build a house all because they want to save costs in the short term, forgetting that in the long term, it could cause a colossal damage or it could bring more expensive problems in the future. You will seek to know the why behind the problem before you solve it. Because if you know the why as a builder before building, you would understand that it is very significant to use the right kind of tools and materials so that you can provide a lasting solution. Now, that is just one example among many different examples. And this may apply to you in whatever field that you're in or in whatever industry that you're in. Now, the next thing I will do before I solve a problem created by other people is to figure out what is the benefit of solving this problem to me. Now, this may sound selfish to some people, but you must understand that in the corporate world of business, money does not move. Promotions do not happen. Recognitions do not come to you until you establish value. And when you understand this, you'll be able to articulate your value and ensure that you do not get forgotten after delivering that value. Now, this was the mistake that the poor wise man made that caused him to die poor even when he had saved a city from the oppression of a great king. Now, here's what the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes 9 from verse 14. There was a little city and few men within it, and there came a great king against it, and besieged it, and built great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, and yet no man remembered the same poor man. Then said I, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. Now, I'm going to come back to this scripture, but I want to share something with you that would really blow your mind. A similar situation actually happened in the book of 1 Samuel 17, when the Philistines came against the armies of Israel, and Goliath came out and challenged the Israelites to bring a man who would come against him man to man in battle. When Goliath did that, he challenged them and threatened them for days, and the Israelites were so scared because Goliath was a big giant. Now, Goliath represents a big problem. But how did David approach the solution? When David came on the scene, the first thing that David asked was to find out what would be done for the man who brings down Goliath. Wow, that is amazing. Now, that further strengthens my point that finding the benefit that will come to you if you solve a problem that was created by other people would go a long way to position you for the rewards that you deserve in your business, in your office, in your job, in your career, or in whatever space that you find yourself. There's a lot of similarity between what happened to the poor wise man and what happened to David, but the difference between both scenarios is that David knew how to articulate the value that the solution he was going to prefer would be to the business or would be to the king or would be to the army or would be to the people that he was going to offer that solution to. Now, 
A lot of entrepreneurs and professionals are leaving money on the table because they do not know how to articulate their value. They do not know how to amplify the pain they are trying to solve with their solution or with their skills or with their talent or with their idea or with their product. And because they do not know how to uncover the value that they provide with their solution, even after solving the problem, they remain where they are. They do not advance. They do not get appreciated enough. They do not get recognized enough. They do not get rewarded enough. And this is why many creatives get discouraged. Now, in the book of First Samuel 17 verse 26, we see how David approached the situation when there was a problem that he did not create that he needed to solve. He said, What shall be done for the man that killed these Philistines and taketh away the reproach from Israel? In other words, David was helping them amplify the pain amplify the problem that they were going through that he was about to solve. He was telling them, hey, there's a reproach upon Israel on account of this problem that is left unsolved. What will be done to the person that can solve this big problem that you are being faced with? He said, what shall be done for the man that killed this Philistine and take it away the reproach from Israel. Now, David didn't stop there. He wanted to rub it in. He wanted to ensure that they really understood the emotional component of that pain and that problem. He wanted to make sure that he really amplified the emotion that accompanied the pain that they were facing, the problem that he was trying to solve for them at that point. And then see what he said in that same verse 26 of First Samuel 17. David went on to say, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Wow, what a mentality. You see, David knew how to articulate his value. And when David asked this question, he got answers. And the next thing that happened was that David's elder brother saw him and took him to a corner and began to rebuke him for coming to the battlefield because his job at that time was to be a shepherd in some remote wilderness where nobody would see him. But David said something. David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? In other words, is there not a reason that I'm here? Aren't you seeing the problem that needs to be solved? Wow, David was very conscious of the fact that there was a problem that needed to be solved and he wanted to articulate what the actual value that the solution to that problem would be. And another thing about what David did was that he did not just hurriedly provide the solution because he understood that in that ecosystem, you have to trade value in exchange for value. You have to trade your solutions in exchange for value. If you don't do that, you'll be forgotten. You'll not be remembered. Your solutions will not be remembered. If David had not done that, David would have ended up like the poor wise man who was forgotten. And maybe it would have been written concerning David that, oh, there was a young shepherd boy who delivered a city from a great Philistine giant and his armies but he was forgotten. But because of what David did, after David defeated Goliath and put him to the ground and chopped off his head, the Bible says they began to sing songs about him. They began to sing, oh, Saul has slain his thousands and David has slain his ten thousands because David was very articulate about the solution to the problem that he was about to solve. When you're in your office, do not be quiet when you're solving big problems. Do not be quiet when you're solving big problems that's saving huge chunks of money for the organization. You want to be able to articulate your value before people who can take a record of the value that you're putting on the table. Now, here's what the Bible says in the book of First Samuel 17 verse 31. It says, And when the words were heard which David spoke, they rehearsed them before Saul and he sent for him. Now, if you look at the story of the poor wise man, the Bible says that the wisdom of the poor wise man was despised because his words were not heard. 
But if you look at the story of David, the Bible says that David's words were so heard that other people began to rehearse what he had said to them, to the king. The king had no choice but to send for him because David had articulated his value. He had uncovered the benefit. He had amplified the pain. And now, everybody wanted to hear him speak. Everybody wanted to hear the solution that he was bringing to the table. And at that point, it had become difficult for anyone to try to hide David's light or pretend as though David did not do anything. Now, that was where the poor wise man missed it. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes 9 verse 16, the Bible says the poor man's wisdom was despised and his words were not heard. But if you read the book of 1 Samuel 17 verse 31, you see the contrast. It says, and when the words of David were heard, they rehearsed them before Saul, and Saul sent for him. This is a very big lesson that I want you to really hold strongly as you begin to try to solve problems at your place of work, in your business, in whatever it is that you do as a creative. You want to be able to understand what the benefits are to you when you solve a problem that was created by other people. If David had not done this, his creative solution that took down Goliath would have been forgotten or despised or covered up by the king due to envy. You see how the king even tried to kill him after David killed Goliath. Now, the reason why that thing came to David was not just because he killed Goliath, but it was because David understood the principle of negotiation. He knew how to articulate his value before delivering the solution or while delivering the solution. And this is a skill set every creative must hone to be a better problem solver and avoid the mistake that makes most creative to leave money on the table or let opportunities slip through their hands so easily. If the poor wise man had done this before offering the solution to deliver the city, he would have etched his name in the hall of fame of that city, never to be forgotten or not rewarded. I'm going to stop here for today and I'm going to continue on this line of thought in my next episode. But before I shut it down for today, I want to do a quick recap of what I've just shared with you today. Today we spoke about how to solve a problem that you did not create and I've shared with you two mistakes that most creatives make when trying to solve problems that other people created. And the first mistake is that they do not try to understand why that problem needs to be solved. When you understand why a problem needs to be solved, it triggers your creativity like nothing else. The second mistake that most creatives make is that they do not try to find out what the benefit will be to them if they solve that problem. And as a result of this mistake, many creatives have left money on the table and have passed over opportunities repeatedly. I hope that you listening to me will do better and you will not fall into this trap that most creatives fall into. Thank you for listening to me once again. I want you to like, share, and subscribe to my podcast. If you're listening to me on YouTube, drop a comment, drop a question, and I'll be happy to learn from you or to respond to your comments or questions. That does it for today's episode. See you next time. Bye-bye. We are so thrilled to present to you Creativity Boost, an immersive journey designed to extract your superpowers, enhance your creative capacity, and empower you to master the business of your creativity. Don't miss an episode. We release new content every other Tuesday. Subscribe now and embark on this creativity adventure with us.